Guys, good Monday afternoon. I'm Jerry Miller. Welcome to the I Love Seville show. Thank you kindly for joining us. Today's show is dynamite. It's going to be busy, busy, busy. We have news from the Almaro County School Board race. We have coverage from both the Crozet Gazette and, and progressive um, organization called Forward Albemarle, who they straight up have endorsed the candidate now. So the Crozet Gazette and Lisa Martin did a profile on Dr. Meg Bryce, who's come on the program twice. We'll highlight the profile the Crozet Gazette did on Bryce, who's running for the at-large seat in Albemarle County on the school board. She has competition, and, and, and competition is, 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 is somewhat stiff from Allison Spillman. Allison Spillman is undoubtedly going to rally the progressive voter in an off-off year. This is probably your most contested election um, in Almaro County this voting cycle. We'll break down the race, we'll talk about the Crozet Gazette article, and then we'll highlight what Forward Albemarle has done by straight up endorsing a candidate um, over the last couple days. I also want to compare rents in Charlottesville um, for new construction apartments to major metro markets in the United States. We'll take a CNBC article that was released over the weekend, and this CNBC article basically is highlighting um, the most expensive markets for a one-bedroom, one-bath. They took New York City, they took Los Angeles, New York City, and Manhattan, and Murray Hill. They took L.A. and the Westwood neighborhood, and they took Chicago and Hyde Park And this article. And they took the rents for a one-bedroom, one-bath. And they put them in perspective. I'm going to take that macro article, and I'm going to localize it to Charlottesville. There's, a shopping, there's an apartment complex we talked about last week on Pantops, right next to Martha Jefferson Hospital. It's new construction. A one-bedroom, one-bathroom is $1,700 a month for this new construction apartment complex on Pantops. You would be surprised. The rent for Charlottesville, new construction apartment, one bedroom, one bath, is very damn close to the Windy City. I will let you know how close today on the program. I want to talk on today's show, Lake Anna being tabbed, the number one place to buy a beach house investment property. There is a property management software uh, firm, property management software company called Vacasa, and Vacasa has picked the best places to buy a beach house in 2023. Ladies and gentlemen, Lake Anna, the second largest lake in the Commonwealth, has been picked by Vacasa, the number one spot to buy a beach house investment property in the entire United States of America. Ahead of Hatteras Island, ahead of Palm Coast, Florida, ahead of Surf City, North Carolina, Destin, Florida, Topsail Beach, North Carolina, all those spots, Lake Anna number one. We'll talk about that on today's program. The trivia question, if you want to get a lower third on screen and we can welcome Judah Wickhauer on a two-shot, I'd love to get the studio camera on the mix in as well, J-Dubs. Viewers and listeners, can you name the only, name two, there's more, name two, two neighborhoods that have a footprint in Charlottesville City and also Albemarle County. Put the answer in the comment section 
and we will mail you an I Love Seville sticker for a prize. You'll get props and notoriety like Olivia Branch, Queen of Keswick, a previous winner, like Curtis Shaver, right now the king of green, but he needs a new nickname. He's much more dynamic. Who else won? Dave Warwick, the brewmaster of three notches, won a trivia question. Mm-hmm. Who's going to win today? Two neighborhoods in Charlottesville City and Almaro County. They have footprints in both the city and Almaro. I'll put them in the feed. All right, I know you're busy. A lot of folks were taken aback by the cost of an apartment. Charlottesville City, Pantops, no walkability, yeah. no restaurants, no nightlife. New construction, one bedroom, one bath, $1,700 a month. If you want to put the Google map on screen and the footprint, that would be fantastic. <clears throat> Interestingly, right after we did the show, I'm researching for this week, and I'm reading um, CNBC. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they offer content on the website on cities in our country with the most expensive one-bedroom, one-bathrooms. Manhattan, specifically the Murray Hill neighborhood, were highlighted in this piece. A one-bedroom, one-bathroom, square feet of 700, on average in Murray Hill, an up-and-coming neighborhood on the east side of Manhattan, has on average a rent of $4,000 a month. That's a boatload of money. Four Gs a month, Murray Hill, Manhattan, one bedroom, one bath, 700 square foot apartment. 700 square feet is not bad for a one bedroom, one bath. That's the most expensive rent in our country on average for a one bedroom, one bath. Los Angeles, Westwood, one bedroom, one bath, 875 square feet, $2,850 $2,850 per month, 2850 So LA, $1,000 in change more than Charlottesville City for a one-bedroom, one-bath. Get this, Hyde Park, Windy City, Chicago, 790 square feet, one-bedroom, one-bath, 2150 a month. We're $450 away from Windy City, Chicago, and Hyde Park, Judah. 450 you put the Google map and the, and the uh, footprints on screen? I put the Google map up. I'm looking for the footprints. No problem. No problem if we don't have it. They saw it last week. And if you'd like to see the visual elements of the um, apartment complex we're talking on Pantops, check out this past Thursday's show on ilovesevil.com or wherever you get your social media and your podcast. Sniffing the Windy City. Deep Throat sent us an email. Deep Throat, and looking through your email... Um, some of the graphs you sent us did not convey. If you want to send them through the DM, that would be fantastic. He says, by the way, Murray Hill is not trendy. It was the cheap but safe neighborhood that many young grads moved to when I lived in New York City. Tribeca, 30% more expensive than Murray Hill. And, and I confirmed that with my wife. She spent significant time in the Upper East Side and working at Blackstone. She said Murray Hill, the spot for the 20-something young professionals mm-hmm. that wants to be in the middle of everything and is very prioritizing nightlife and bar, bar scene and walkability. She says, as you get older, you're probably looking deep throats, confirming a move to Tribeca or Soho, where it's going to be exponentially more expensive. Hmm. The reason I chose Murray Hill in Manhattan and try to compare and contrast it with the apartments over there, I would think the apartments over on Pantops 
are potentially that young professional trying to break into the market. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced the apartments over on Pantops, especially a one-bedroom, one-bath, that would suggest an individual in a lot of ways, are um, older millennials or folks climbing the professional ladder. Ooh, he's sending the graphs here. Um, where do you want to begin? I want your take on this. I want you to jump in anywhere you want to go. The show is yours. I will adapt to your intellect and your perspective. I mean, we're, so we're, we're coming up on Chicago. We're not close to L.A. I'm not surprised by that. Thousand off on L.A. Thousand off a month. Yeah. We'll say thousand is a substantial amount. Manhattan, not even close. We're talking four G's versus seventeen hundred. Well, I don't know if a thousand really tells the tells the right story. Uh, what is what is it as a percentage? Because you know, if it was uh, if it was five hundred dollars for rent here as opposed to fifteen hundred, that's a big difference. As opposed to like twenty five hundred dollars here to thirty five, which is a much smaller difference, even though it's still the same amount of money uh, between the two. Uh, so that $1,000, is that, uh, you know, is that half the price? Is that, uh, are we doubling up? Great questions from Judah Wickhauer right there. Also, the labor market, jobs available and what they pay, something yeah. to watch. Cost of living, cup of coffee, what's that run? A sandwich, how much does that cost? All factor into the equation. I still think you're going to come out ahead 1700 a month in Charlottesville with this job market and this overhead versus the job market in Manhattan at 4 Gs a month um, mm-hmm. and uh, the cost of living delta difference. Granted, there's probably, they're not probably, uh, undoubtedly higher paying, uh, more higher paying jobs in Manhattan. Undoubtedly more higher paying jobs than Charlottesville. Also, difficult to get those high paying jobs in Manhattan for Charlottesville um, as well. So I don't know. I, we're trying to give you a macro comparison here for rents in this city. The reason yeah. we chose the Pantops location is because this is not downtown. This it's is also, not West also, Main. It's also brand new. And so it, I don't, I, I mean, I would think that there's not really any, there's not really a decent comp for it. Am I correct, or or do you think they have? A, I, I, I think that's. Do you think a, they have good reason to uh, to start at the prices they're starting at? All the above. I think there is not a decent comp for an apartment complex that's not in the cool area. This is the reason I'm bringing this particular Pantops location up. It's because it's not in the cool area, and it's the most expensive rent in town. To answer the second part of your question, I think they had to do this at this price point because the cost of land, the cost of goods, and the cost of labor are at all-time highs. Yeah. So, so I'm curious about that. With I can understand, I can understand that argument better with uh, you know with a, a house because you sell it and that's it. But with apartments, is it just a matter of recouping your money as fast as possible, or because? With an apartment, you've got. I mean, obviously, you want to you want to make it profitable, but you're saying you got the benefit of time. Yeah, you've got. The That's what you're saying. You've got the benefit of time. You don't. You know, if, if you uh, if you don't make your money back this year, you'll make it back next year, the year later. And I don't know all about uh, you know what it means to be type the type of developer that develops these places, but is it just a matter of recouping your money as fast as possible? Great questions, right there. Great question. Do you have the benefit of the time 
if you are a developer who took this, this new construction apartment complex to market? The answer is not necessarily. Because if you're financing vehicle, however you got this project to market, however you paid for it, yeah. has a short balloon, a short term, yeah. and then you have to go refinance, mm-hmm. you may be aggressively trying to pay this debt service off as fast as possible. One of the fallouts of this banking crisis that we're in the middle of, we've all heard of Silicon Valley Bank by now. We've all heard of First Republic by now. We've all probably heard of Signature by now, one of the fallouts of this is the lending environment mm-hmm. locally and nationally is tightening. Yeah. The ability to get commercial loans, the ability to get refinance, the ability to get construction loans, business loans, those opportunities have gotten tighter. Mm-hmm. So perhaps you're in a, in, a, in a financing vehicle that is aggressive, has a short-term window, has an escalating or floating interest rate, yeah. so your debt is floating. So that's maybe why you're trying to get top dollar. Regardless yeah. if you're a developer, 99.9% of the time, you're going to try to get top dollar. Yeah. They're businessmen. Right. Businessmen, businesswomen. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to get top dollar. So Chicago and Charlottesville City... Hyde Park versus Pantops. Hyde Park, Chicago. And I understand Deep Throat Chicago is not what it used to be. I understand that. Chicago going through a political nightmare right now. I mean, they've had... Two different mayors. The new mayor that's in place may be more extreme than the old mayor. You got... You want want gun violence? Chicago's gun violence. Yeah. Charlottesville's nothing. They've got a major hedge fund uh, that left Chicago for Miami because, uh, ostensibly because of violence. And, and the political landmines everywhere. No doubt. And the weather, let's cut to the chase. My brother lived in Chicago as a brand manager for Gatorade for a long period of time. Tropicana brand manager as well. Hmm. It's brutal, majority no of the time here. No. Okay. I understand Chicago's not what it used to be, but still, Pantops, Charlottesville. Versus Hyde Park in Chicago, essentially comparable. Essentially comparable. Ooh, he sent a good graph. Um, look at the last graph that he sent, Deep Throat, on Twitter DM. One bedroom rent, March 2023. That's my kind of graph right there, Deep Throat. Easy to read. The last graph. And then the second, show the last graph that he did, and then the second graph he did. They're both blue bar graphs. So the one is the horizontal run, the last one. Put that one on screen. And then show the second one that's a blue bar graph with the headline, one bedroom rent, five-year increase. Let me know when those are up. That's great. This is great data from Deep Throat that we're going to put on screen here. Viewers and listeners, get ready for this. Jamie Turner says this. There's four, and you want the fourth and the second? There's four. I would like the first one first shown. The first one first, okay. First one, or excuse me, the last one first, and then the first, and then the uh, second one second. Yeah, fourth and second. Thank you kindly. Jamie Turner, before we get to the data, says the Knoll apartment complex in Ruckersville is one bedroom, one bath, 791 square feet at 1700 a month. Good God! I did not know that. Where is that? Ruckersville, Green County. Really? Is that? Can you can you send a link confirming this? Uh, Jamie Turner. He's the mayor of Gordonsville. 
Send me a link for this, please. He just put in the feed, this show is airing on 15 Facebook pages, 15 Twitter accounts, all over social media. On one of the pages, the apartment complex in Ruckersville, which is in Greene County, it's called The Knoll. One bedroom, one bath, 791 square feet, 1700 a month. Share that link, please, Jamie. I don't doubt you. I don't doubt you at all. I'm responding. Good Lord, exclamation point. You got that bar graph ready to rock and roll? Oh, he's going to send us the link. JT, you're the best. Give me a thumbs up when that one's on there. Deep Throat, thank you for this info. Comments coming in fast and furious here on social media. We're going to go to uh, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube comments here in a second. Go ahead. Thumbs up. What? Sorry, I'm not trying to put pressure on you. I know you're doing like 85 things. If you want to answer the trivia question, name two neighborhoods in, the Charles- in Charlottesville City and in Almaro County. They're in both locations. So I can, I can think of two neighborhoods. Their footprints exist in the city and in Almaro County. Name two. Your answers to the feed will mail you some stickers, and your name will forever live in the, the, the deep hall of fame that is the I Love Seville show. Um, is that a thumbs up there? Just about. You're a good man. You're a good man over there, J-Dubs. Judah B. Wickhauer. Um, the, the graph that he's about to show is going to put in perspective the rents for a one-bedroom versus other markets, including Tampa, Asheville, Austin, Chicago, and L.A. I mean, if you look at it, good Lord, this is what we've known all along. It ain't cheap. Tampa, Florida, Asheville, Austin, Charlottesville, Chicago, L.A. is a nice spectrum. Um, Tampa, slightly, it's on screen. Everyone look there. Look, look, look there. L.A. seems low, Deep Throat. L.A. seems low. Charlottesville, 1,200 plus on average. That seems about right. Because this, ex- this is including uh, existing apartments and not just um, new construction apartments. The one on Pantops, we've got to specify is new construction. Put slide two on there if you can. The second slide we're looking for there, J-Dubs. And this data is backed by a guy that knows his stuff. We, I, I legitimately can vouch for Deep Throat and his analytics and data skill set, his, his, his research ability. You got slide two on? All right, look at the second slide. This second slide puts in perspective the rent increase for a one-bedroom over a five-year period of time. So what Deep Throat is trying to put in perspective with this macro data is Charlottesville is, from a macro comparison standpoint, affordable with a one-bedroom, one-bath. Look, he's showing that the five-year increase for a one-bedroom, one-bath in Austin, Asheville, and Tampa have increased at a greater clip than Charlottesville. Los Angeles and Chicago, the the five-year increase for a one-bedroom much lower than Austin, Asheville, and Tampa. I think that may also have to do with the political climate and the, uh, and the, uh, the tax exposure associated with wealthy people in, um, in, in certain demos. People are flooding to Florida and the southeast, and they're flooding to Texas. 
This flood is driven in large part by politics, tax exposure, and the leniency to operate business. The leniency to operate business without governmental oversight. Good data right there from Deep Throat. Um, JT, I, I would love to see that, uh, that link when you have a second. Go back to a two-shot, J-Dubs. Oh, we shared the link. Fantastic. If you want to see the apartment complex in Ruckersville, go to my Facebook page, Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Jerry Miller now, or just search for me. And in the comment section, look at the link that Jamie Turner shared, which is a link to the apartment complex in Ruckersville, where a one bedroom, one bathroom has an asking price of 1700 a month, Judah, in, in green. I'm looking at it. Let's see. I mean, I, I may venture to say that the walkability, these floor plan graphic designs are eerily similar to the graphic designs for the Pantops location. I wonder if it's similar folks behind both. Um, I, I would, I would, I, I may say that the Ruckersville location offers more walkability than the Pantops. And have we highlighted the fact that there's a apartment in Pantops that's seventeen hundred a month right now, or uh, in Ruckersville? Excuse me, Olivia Branch. Try answering the trivia question: Isn't Johnson Village um, part city but backside to the county? I always thought Johnson Village was completely in Charlottesville City, Olivia, but I don't 100% know the answer, so I don't want to speak with confidence and conviction because you know this area extremely well. The two neighborhoods that I, was, uh, that I was looking for, I won't say them yet. I'll save the answer to the bottom of the show. Those two neighborhoods, they were not Johnson Village, but I'm not saying you're wrong here. You may be right. Any viewer and listener know, does Johnson Village... Is it located in the city and Almaro County? It was not the two that I was looking for for the answer, but Olivia knows her stuff. I'm willing to say that the answer is three. Anything you want to add on this topic before we go to the next one, uh, Senor Wickhauer? I'm just, I'm just blown away that, uh, that they've got a place in Rutgersville that's going for the same as places in Charlottesville and even close to uh, Chicago. Chicago. I mean, I've really mostly just driven through, you know, driven up 29 through Rutgersville, so it's always seemed a little sparse. I uh, mean, it's booming now. If you haven't been through recently, Green County is almost unrecognizable if you haven't been through recently. Huh. The economic development is significant. Green County has become... Green County, one of the best things Green County has done... I sincerely mean this. Green County, are you watching the show? This is what you have done extremely well. You have seen how restrictive government in Albemarle County and in Charlottesville City, how that restriction and that government volatility and uncertainty has throttled development and has throttled entrepreneurship. And Green County instead has said, we will welcome developers and we will welcome economic development and we will do it in a way that limits red tape and paperwork and approval and bureaucracy 
because we understand the revenue opportunity is incremental and, and, and vast. And green now versus green 20 years ago, you don't, can't even recognize it. And anyone, if you want to consider a smart decision, ride the coattails of big brands like Lowe's and Walmart opening in localities. Lowe's and Walmart, brands of that magnitude, are not opening in localities without significant market research and their confident predictions of where the market is going. Mm -hmm. So you can, in a lot of ways, ride the coattails of their millions and millions and tens of millions of dollars of research. Green's booming. Absolutely booming. Keep the trivia question on screen, and then we'll go to a one-shot as I set the stage for the next... um, Next topic, Maggie Gunnels, welcome to the show. Bill McChesney, the mayor of McIntyre, welcome to the show. Um, who can name two neighborhoods that exist in both Charlottesville City and Albemarle County? Two neighborhoods that exist, literally their footprints, in both the city limits and in the county limits. Put your answers in the comment section, and anyone who gets this right will give you props by mailing you a sticker on us. We will cover the postage. All right, the next topic, education. Wow. Um, The most competitive race in Almoral County this election cycle is going to be the at-large seat for the Almoral County School Board. I'll say this again. The most competitive race this election cycle is going to be the at-large seat for the Almoral County School Board and the jurisdiction we call Almaro County. You have Dr. Meg Bryce and Allison Spillman going for this spot where all of Almaro votes, not just in one of the six districts. Dr. Bryce is running on a platform that's for communication between parent and teacher. Uh, running on a platform that empowers the parent. Um, She has hurdles that she's going to have to navigate, including the association of of, um, her to her late father and his politics, the ties of her kids in private school, which we've been talking about, a number of times, and now it's being documented by Forward Albemarle, the progressive group in this region. I want you to highlight some of your takes from Forward Albemarle's essentially endorsement, right? This is an endorsement, Forward Albemarle. Um, Forward Albemarle has endorsed Allison Spillman, a mom of five. Her five children attend the public schools in Albemarle, and they range from elementary school through high school. This is what the article reads, the, the commentary from Forward Almar reads. So literally in the first couple sentences of the endorsement, they're highlighting the candidate and the fact that the candidate has chosen to, to keep public school for, for her kids. Like mm-hmm. that is a clear something that is important to the organization here. And I understand that position. I understand that position. I also have said many times on the program that someone who does not have their kids in public school should not be prevented from running for this position. I think that's a whack argument. 
but I understand that's going to be utilized against her. Yeah. Crozet Gazette does an article over the weekend, Lisa Martin does, on Dr. Bryce. So you legitimately have two pieces of content that are on the interwebs, Judah. One from Lisa Martin and Crozet Gazette on Dr. Bryce, and one from Forward Albemarle. That's an endorsement. Lisa Martin's is a profile. Forward Albemarle's is an endorsement. I want to take a deep dive on this. Where do you want to begin? Um, I mean, it's definitely an endorsement uh, for Allison Spillman. And, uh, Which is fine. Yeah. I don't Forward Al Morrow is not a media outlet. They can endorse folks. Totally right, fine. Right. Uh, but some of this is... Forward Al Morrow is a group of parents, educators, students, and community members who support public education in Al Morrow County. Forward Al Morrow's primary purpose is to promote social welfare by advocating for excellence, diversity, equity, and inclusion in Al Morrow County public schools and to support the teachers and staff of ACPS and their mission of educating students. That's the mission statement. I apologize for interrupting. Mm, that's okay. Uh, so, I mean, I, it's, it's a pretty... Uh, it's a pretty light summary, I would say. Um, I would really like more information on. So I'm I'm curious why uh, why uh, Meg Scalia Bryce doesn't support uh, um, doesn't support things like the uh, what was it uh, um, is she for the the teachers um, collective bargaining. Um, Forward Albemarle has indicated she has not. That's something that I would think that Dr. Bryce is going to want to clarify on the record. Interestingly, the collective bargaining um, topic may be resolved before either Bryce or Spillman have an opportunity to serve on the board. Collective bargaining with teachers in Albemarle County, and it's not just teachers, it's all employees, legitimately could be approved before January one. That doesn't mean it couldn't be a factor in the election, a topic in the election, a talking point. Go ahead. I'm not seeing it mentioned about her, but um, uh, then there's some. I I find some of the the last paragraph on on Bryce a little bit troubling. I mean, basically they're. This is from Forward Albemarle. Yeah, they're basically calling her out for having donated money to the Republican Party. Um, I don't know how is that. Is that really relevant to how she would serve the school district? Um, unless you just, unless you're just trying to tell people that she's a Republican and don't vote for Republicans. I think that's what that is. Which is that's what that is. That's Ford Albemarle's way of painting her a Republican. Yeah. Through the donation, which is public record. That's what Forward Albemarle was trying to do there. That's passive aggressive labeling, is what that is. Yeah. That's passive aggressive labeling. I mean, if they wanted to just go down that road, just say it. It doesn't have to be a infert for yourself through fi- campaign finance research. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're right. They could just say she's a Republican, don't vote for her. Um, Which is not our stance. We're just saying this is what this organization is doing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really I'd, like to, really, I'd like to hear from both the candidates. I'd like, I'd like to have them, you know, kind of talk this out. In fact, I would like that for, for most of our, I mean, for all of the, the races that we've got going on right now, uh, Charlottesville, 
um, the Charlottesville City Council seats that are up for election. Um, I, you know, talking points really don't do much for me anymore because I, they're just talking points. They don't mean anything. Uh, they don't really, you know, anybody can copy and paste a, a talking point. But I want to, uh, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather get a look into the minds of the um, the the candidates and find out how they um, how they uh, what's the word um, how they describe, think operate they, go they, about their business how they describe their uh, you know their you know what they're supportive of and what they're against uh, you know how they uh, how they put it into words uh, just so I get a better understanding of of where they are because you know it's it sounds a lot like uh, they're calling out Meg for being Meg Scalia Bryce for being against a lot of stuff and um, I would like to know the reasons why I mean there's more there's always more than just you know I'm anti this or I'm pro that the extent of forward Albemarle's endorsement is based on the following things. Forward Albemarle has endorsed Allison Spillman for the at-large seat. This is the extent of what it's based on. Spillman's kids are in public schools. Bryce's kids are in private. Right? That's the first thing. Yeah. The second thing this is based on is the trans LGBTQ narrative. Yeah. A subplot of that narrative is the communication between teachers and parents and whether teachers should inform parents of yeah. how students are identifying while in school hours as opposed to home hours. Mm-hmm. One feels they should be communicated with Bryce. Teachers should tell parents if their students are, and kids are identifying as a different sex in school versus home. The other does not feel that way. Spillman. Yeah. The third element of this endorsement is collective bargaining. Spillman in favor. Bryce, not a clear answer on that topic. Although Forward Albemarle is inferring that she is opposed to it. That topic has come up on previous episodes of the I Love Sevo show where Dr. Bryce has been on. And then the final talking point in the forward Albemarle endorsement is the ties to her father, the late Supreme Court Justice, and her donations to the Republican Party. Yeah. That's it in one nutshell, with a lot of pomp and circumstance woven around it. Mm-hmm. You're looking at your most competitive race here in Albemarle County. Yeah. And one of the few that's going to be, actually I take that back. I don't want to say one of the few. One, one that will be determined in November and not a June primary because there's only Democrats on the ticket. There's other contested seats so far on the Board of Supervisors, for example. Charlottesville City will know June 20th, June 21st, who wins because it's a Democratic primary that's going to determine. We don't have any independents who have announced so far. Yeah. Anything else you want to add to this? This is going to be a hot. This is this is basically this race is basically going to come down to. I think I how think, much communication the parents should get 
from schools, how much communication the parents should get from schools. This is eerily similar to McAuliffe and um, Yunkin when that race was determined by parent communication and parental empowerment. How much involvement and influence should parents have in schools? That's what determined Yunkin and McAuliffe. This is very much going to determine school board at-large seat this year. I think a lot of it is just going to be is just going to be party lines. Well, here's the thing. In an off-off year, which we have, no governor, governor's race, no president's race, how much influence does forward Albemarle have in galvanizing every single employee for Albemarle County Public Schools saying, you're going to vote this way, and then you're going to get your significant other to vote this way? How many employees does Albemarle County Public Schools have? Do we know? How many employees does Albemarle County Public Schools have? I just did a simple Google. Oh, it's a top link. God, the internet is so amazing. We're st- we should never take for granted being able to figure out how many employees Elmore County Public Schools has in five seconds. There was a time where I was going to the library and going through the card catalog. Do you remember the card? You were relative. We're the same. While we are different the generations. The decimal system. Yeah, while we're different generations, we basically remember things the same way. Yeah, the Dewey Decimal System. Remember going to the library to research a paper for high school? Kids have no idea how effing easy they have it when it comes to school these days because of technology. And this is obviously me showing some age here and turning into my father. But in my day, when we had to write a five to ten page paper for high school, we went to the library for days. You sat at one of those big tables in the library. There were other strangers sitting at those big tables with their Jansport backpacks hanging on the back of their chair. Their textbooks and their notebooks spread everywhere. We were probably utilizing a number two pencil. We understand what we have to write about for a five to ten page paper. And the first thing we do is go to the card catalog system and the Dewey Decimal to figure out where the damn books are in the library. Then you get these heavy things and you have to bring them to a table you're sitting at with strangers. And then you got to scan through them and see if the, the book that you're currently looking at has any useful information. Because if it doesn't, you then have to take the book back to the shelf and replace it and hope you put it in the same slot you found it for the other person. And those slots are determined by a .213 or whatever decimal system that you have to follow on the spine of a book. Or you could put it on the book card. Or you put it in the book card. I don't, I, don't, I don't take it you put it, you're a book card guy. I think you're a put-it-on-the-shelf kind of guy and not a book card guy. Are you a book you know, card guy? I honestly don't remember what I would have done when I was at the library 30-some-odd years ago. I was a put-it-on-the-shelf guy. And every single time I put it back on the shelf, there's not a single time I got it right in the same slot that I took it from. Oh, man. Legitimately. That's that's why they have the book cart. That's why they have the book cart. Right. So kids would go to the big table after visiting the card catalog, get a bunch of heavy books, bring it to the big table where strangers are seating, have to scan the books to see if the topic matter in that book applies to their research paper. If it doesn't, they have to put it in the book cart or put it back on the shelf. If the book they did pick does apply, they have to check out this heavy book, heavy books, plural. They put them in their Jansport backpack. Oh, the photocopy. That's right. Photocopy. Fine change. Uh, yeah, fine change. This is what we do in 2023. How many employees are in the Almar County Public Schools? Type that in. Oh, there's the answer right there. 
no card catalog, no Dewey Decimal System, and no big table with strangers sitting at it with Jansport backpacks hanging over their chairs. You have no idea how good you have it, students right now in 2023. No idea how good you have it. If Forward Albemarle gets all the teachers and all the employees in Albemarle County Public Schools, you're talking 1,000, you're talking 2,648 employees, 2,648. If they get 2,648 employees to vote, and you times that with their significant others, you got 5,300 votes right there. 5,300 votes. That's a boatload of votes. That is a boatload of votes. And that's Ford Admiral's influence. Let's see what Yono Arcaro won. Yono Arcaro, Almaro County, 2019 race. How many race? How many votes did he win with? I'm googling. God, I got that answer right now. So amazing. He got 19,000 votes. You're talking a third of the votes could potentially come from one organization's influence. Pretty big. Yeah. Come on, it's huge. It's humongous. Anything else you want to offer before the next topic? Uh, no, there's, I think there's not a whole lot left that we can parse out of this. Um, a lot of it seems to just be their, uh, um, their personal feelings on the subject. So that's why I'd really like to hear from the, the actual candidates. That's fair. Olivia Branch said she just learned something online as well. The neighborhood Johnson Village is on land annexed from the county in 1964. However, it weaves around the county lines and does not actually reside in Albemarle County itself. That's fantastic. Mm. That's fantastic, Olivia Branch. She's the queen of Keswick. Johnson Village is in the city only. Um, Katie Pearl, welcome to the program. She says she loves Greene County. Um, Cully Baggett, who's a developer from Greene County, says we do welcome the growth, and I obviously am very pro-business, but we as a community failed miserably as far as preparing future infrastructure many years ago. I see some elements of that, but hindsight's twenty twenty. Appreciate your comments, Cully. I love when you watch the program. Let me respond to this. Thank you for watching. King, why don't we just call him the King of Green County, Cully. Cully, watch and listen and comment. We love when you do. Please. Um, Jim Hingley on Twitter has got an answer for the trivia question, and his answer is correct. I'm not going to give you the answer. Uh, Nora Gaffney has one. Nora Gaffney, you have one of the answers correct. Jim Hingley has both of the answers correct. Jim Hingley, I'm not going to give the answers yet, but Judah, we need to send a direct message to, to Jim. He reached out to me through Twitter on DM. We need to send a message to him after the show, if you could please, looking for a mailing address. He's going to win a sticker. I'm willing to hook up. We are willing to hook up more than one person uh, for this particular trivia question because it's difficult. And I'm trying to come up with trivia questions that you cannot easily Google or use the Internet to answer. The last questions we've asked, I think, have been pretty challenging. Yeah. Today's question, name two neighborhoods 
that have a footprint in both Charlottesville City and Almaro County. Nora, you have one correct, but not two. Jim has got it correctly with one, with two, with two, excuse me. All right, um, next topic. Why don't we go, um, let's, I want to get the Lake Anna topic in and the Buckingham County topic. So let's save the teacher backlog topic to the bottom of the show. Maybe what you could do is give folks kind of like a synopsis of the Virginia licensing issue that we have. There's a backlog of mm. processing teacher licenses that's impacting the ability to hire teachers and get them in the classroom. Good God. Solve that problem. We'll get to that. First, I want to talk Lake Anna. This is good news for our area. Lake Anna, according to a national rental software company, Vacasa, it's a vacation rental management platform, they recently have tabbed Lake Anna as the number one place to buy a beach house in America. I cannot believe I'm saying this. One of the most reputable brands in vacation management, Vacasa, legitimately just picked Lake Anna, Virginia, as the number one spot to buy a beach house in 2023. The cap rate on beach houses at Lake Anna is over 12%. That's astronomical. The median listing price is $385,000, and the median rental revenue is 70 Gs. Lake Anna is Virginia's second largest lake with about 200 miles of shoreline. It is split into two sections, a public side with waterfront restaurants and a private side where no commercial operations are allowed. The lake is also easily accessible to those in Fredericksburg, Richmond, Northern Virginia, D.C., the Charlottesville area. Homes on the lake stretch across three counties with plenty of waterfront options that offer a splashy cap rate of 12-plus percent. Jeez, Louise. Here's the top 10. Lake Anna, number one. Hatteras Island, two. Navari, Florida, three. Palm Coast, Florida, four. Surf City, North Carolina, five. Gulf Shores, Alabama, six. Destin, Florida, seven. North Topsail Beach, eight. Rockaway Beach, Oregon, nine. And 30A, Florida, 10. National Press, for Central Virginia. Global press for Central Virginia, yet again. And then the last item I want to get to from the notebook, Buckingham County is legitimately in the national news right now. Yes, I'll say that again. Buckingham County is in the national news right now. NBC National, not the local affiliate, but NBCNews.com has got a current piece on its website about the entire Buckingham County election staff quitting. I was sent this link by a handful of people before the show. Four people quit their jobs after a feud between local Republicans and the general registrar consumed the small community. Misinformation, essentially. In January, the GOP assumed control of the Buckingham County Electoral Board that oversees the office Local Republicans began advancing baseless voter fraud claims that baffled staff. The Electoral Board made it clear the staff was to, was to leave, according to people. Now Buckingham County's in the national news as party politics shows its ugly self yet again. 
You want to add something to that? I mean... This is misinformation. This is party politics. Republicans taking control. A narrative in Buckingham County that mentally causes anxiety for staff and forces the entire four-person election staff to quit. Yeah. To the point where someone from the Virginia State Board of Elections has to intervene to save the day. Yeah, I mean, this is just... It's just sad and disturbing. I mean, I I know we're not going to get away from party politics ever. Um, But something like this is... I mean, what do you... I don't even know where to. I don't know even know where to go with it. It's just, uh, can we, can we stop being idiots? Like this is just this is just incompetence. Like a bunch of a bunch of people come in and try to make. Uh, I mean, are are they are they trying to cause trouble? Are they? You know, it sounds like a bunch of ba- it. It's a bunch of baseless claims. Uh, they're making these people's job impossible to uh, uh, to complete, and we're left with uh, you know with this. There you go. NBCNews.com, Buckingham County. If you want to read something with a local jurisdiction in the national news yeah. today, nobody can register now. Janice Boyce Trevelyan, hello. Yeah, nobody can register right now. And we have an election right around the corner. (sighs) Um, You want to touch on the teacher license before we get to comments? And I'll give the answer. Sure, yeah. I mean, this... uh, Well, let's just take this one guy who uh, applied... uh, Sent his application, I think, a year ago. Um. And they just don't have, I, I mean, they're totally backed up. And it says they're backed up half, it says they're backed up six months. But this guy has been working at it for a year. And I think this guy is a retired military man that's looking to seek a new part of his career. He's going to go from retired, being an active military, now he's retired, and he's looking to pursue a different career path. He's looking to get into education. He and they, can't get his license through the system to get into the classroom to teach. Yeah, and they, we have a shortage. They even say that this is the kind of guy that uh, that Youngkin wants, uh, but they can't get him in there. And it looks like it looks like a, at least some of the uh, uh, some of the slowdown is that they're saying that. Uh, um, a lot of them. So the the department's license licensure specialists are still working on requests submitted six months ago, uh, but uh, they're saying that apparently a lot of the issues are with people, you know, not filling in the correct information or something. Seems like seems to me like that's the kind of thing that uh, that you work on fixing. Uh, by like a phone call, you know, hey, can I fill this in? You missed this uh, answer or you missed this rather than it sounds kind of like what they're doing is just either sending them back or letting the people know that they need to start over at the beginning. 
And hey, I mean, these are our schools that we're talking these about. These are our children. These are our schools. These <laughs> Figure are our it schools. out. Good God. These are our schools. How, are, how do we have a backlog in processing legitimate applications, applications for teachers? How can we get licenses? How are we not focused on getting licenses for teachers? How are we not focused on getting reputable, legitimate people into classrooms, teaching kids? (sighs) Jim Hingley has sent, um, has let us know where to mail the sticker. So we have that. We'll send the uh, sticker to uh, Mr. Hingley. Two neighborhoods in the city of Charlottesville and in Amaro County. I'm going to give you an answer. There are two neighborhoods that I can think of. There may be more whose footprints are both in the city and in Almaro County. Willoughby on 5th Street, both in Charlottesville and in Almaro County. Willoughby on 5th Street. Woolen Mills, also in the city and in the county. That's two. Lachlan Hill is both in the city and in the county. I asked for two. Those are three. You want to have a conversation cocktail question Conversation starter, name a couple neighborhoods that are both in the city of Charlottesville and Almaro County. There's three for certainty. Willen Mills, Lachlan Hill, and Willoughby. Jim Hingley, the only one I've seen that's gotten this correctly. We're going to mail him an I Love Seville sticker on us. Hey, Ginny Who is watching the program. Is Greenbrier in the city and in Almaro County? Is Greenbrier in Almaro County? Anyone? Ginny Who, if Greenbrier's in Almoral County, we'll give you a sticker as well. Olivia Branch, do you know the answer to that? Is Greenbrier in Almoral County? I know for a fact Woolen Mills, Lachlan Hill, and Willoughby are both in Charlottesville City and Almoral County. I'm not doubting you over there, Ginny Who, because you're very intelligent and you know uh, the area well. Are you looking that up, J-Dubs? Mm, yeah, I'm looking at the map. It... I don't think that's in Almaro County. I don't think so either. You don't think so? I'm not 100% sure. All right. We'll take a look. If we're right, if we're wrong, we'll mail you a, uh, a sticker regardless. We certainly appreciate you uh, offering some perspective and answering the question. All right. That's it for me. Anything else you have? Oh, one other item out of the notebook. Um, oh, Colleen Tyler says parts of it is Colleen. Colleen would know. Colleen's a realtor. I trust Colleen very much. Um, Colleen would know. All right. Ginny who gets a sticker too. Colleen Tyler would a hundred percent know if Greenbrier is in the city in Almaro County. And she says, yes, parts. That's all I need to know. If Colleen says yes, parts, then the answer is yes. Uh, thank you, Colleen. You have now, because of your comment on Facebook, Colleen Tyler, you have now gotten a sticker to Ginny Who on Twitter. She says, Greenbrier and Woolen Mills. So if you could send a direct message to Ginny Who 98, her handle is at Ginny Who 98. We need a mailing address from her to send her a sticker on us. We'll cover all the postage. Colleen Tyler just hooked Ginny Who up with a ticker with a sticker because I trust Colleen Tyler's judgment. Um, I'm going resp- to respond to her tweet live on air. You are correct. Colleen Tyler 
confirmed you are right, and that is enough for me. We will reach out to mail the sticker to you shortly. Thank you for watching. Tweet. All right, um, last item out of the notebook. Woody Fincham is going to be here at 2 o'clock, and we're going to do 50 minutes with Woody Fincham. This is out of our normal programming schedule. He's going to be here at 2. He's an appraiser, and what we're going to try to do is really showcase the business um, soup to nuts, top to bottom, um, locally and what he does, the importance, and really make it approachable. So Woody Fincham, we're going to take a, a topic appraising real estate, and we're going to do a live show just today, starts at 2, and then he's going to archive it on his um, social platforms and his website as a learning tool for people moving forward. So if you're into real estate and you're into values and appraising where the market's going, I'm one-on-one with Woody Fitchum in 28 minutes today at 2 o'clock. I think it's going to be dynamite. Judah Wickhauer was dynamite. Ginny Hu and Jim Hingley have won the sticker. This is the I Love Seville show presented by Scott Wagner Integrated Medicine. We hope you enjoyed the program. I, 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 we, we work really hard for this, really, really hard, and we're extremely grateful for your viewership and your listenership and your participation and you sharing the show. For Judah Wickhauer, I'm Jerry Miller. You guys have a good afternoon. Take care.